Two Penn State players get added to the watch list for some of the top college football awards, and Twitter Tuesday is back. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them the Locked On sent you. Hi, everybody. Welcome into today's edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. I'm a contributor to Athlon Sports, also the editor of Nittany Lions Wire on the USA Today Sports Media Group. Check us out at nittanylionswire.usatoday.com. So much Penn State coverage going on. And, of course, we are talking some Penn State football in today's podcast. It is Twitter Tuesday. Coming up later on, we'll answer some of your questions that you guys submitted to us on our Twitter account. Uh, but first, we're going to talk a little bit about the watch list that came out on Monday afternoon. Again, this is watch list season, so get used to this. You're going to start hearing some key Penn State players named to some very big award watch list. And the Maxwell Football Club came out with their watch list for their top two awards. Let's get into that in our first segment. We'll start answering some of the Twitter questions in the second segment. Carry that over a little bit more into the third segment because that's what Twitter Tuesday is all about. You have questions. I'm going to take every opportunity to answer as many as we possibly can. And I think that we might dive into a little bit of a deeper discussion with at least one of the questions that was brought to me. So that's what we've got to look forward to in today's episode. If you want to make sure you never miss an episode, make sure you're following us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews wherever you possibly can because that is ultimately the best way to help continue grow our podcast, build our little community here of Penn State podcast listeners. And I just want to continue to bring the best Penn State coverage too and by you guys showing your support I'm going to show my support for you later in the week we'll shout out some of our real, more recent five-star ratings and reviews wherever we happen to see them so if you want to get a shout out on the podcast best way to do that is help spread the word with that five-star rating and review you can also follow us on all of our social media feeds of course we're on Twitter Facebook Instagram and Twitch all using the username of locked on Nittany so you're following us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You like us on Facebook. You're following us on Twitter. You're checking out our Instagram feed and our Instagram stories. And, of course, you're going to check us out on Twitch when we go live streaming. And stay tuned. We'll have some more information about what's going on with YouTube and maybe eventually one day Facebook podcast. I don't know exactly what's going on. But what I do know is that Penn State has some really good football players coming up in the 2021 season. And we have talked at length about how important Jahad Dotson is for the Penn State offense and Jaquan Brisker is for the Penn State defense. So it is no surprise to me to see each of these individuals named to the watch list for the two biggest awards that are put out by the Maxwell Football Club based out of Philadelphia. They released their watch list for the upcoming season for the Maxwell Award, which goes to the nation's top college football player overall, and the Chuck Bagneric Award, an award that is specifically designed to honor the top defensive player in college football. It's possible that the best defensive player in college football could be the best player in college football, but more often than not, you have that defensive award because you know that that Maxwell Award is going to go to an offensive player. Again, far more often than not. But Jahad Dotson, Penn State wide receiver, one of the top wide receivers in the Big Ten in 2020, has been named to the watch list for the Maxwell Award, and Jaquan Brisker is named to the watch list for the Bednarik Award on Monday. Uh, Monday morning, those watch lists came out. Not real surprising to see either player named to this watch list, and if you know watch list season, it's all about getting as many names attached to a lot of these watch lists so you can get out so many different press releases from so many different schools, even schools that have no chance of having a player win that award. But 
I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, obviously, it's nice to recognize some of the nation's best players. And it is important to have some of the players from some of the smaller schools recognized because you may not be paying attention to them. I mean, I probably am, probably more so than a lot of you guys may be because you may just be focused on Penn State or the Big Ten. But there's a lot of good players at other colleges, so it's nice to see them get their recognition. As for Penn State, Jahad Dotson and Jaquan Brisker and these Maxwell Awards, I don't know where they're going to fall in the final running for either of these awards. I would say the odds are probably not in their favor to win either of the awards. Uh, but I do think that Penn State certainly has a strong history with the Maxwell Football Club. And again, as I mentioned, Maxwell Football Club is based in Eastern PA, based out of Philadelphia. So historically speaking, there's a little bit of an East Coast bias from this award compared to some of the other awards. And that's why you don't always have your Heisman Trophy winner winning the Maxwell Award. But uh, it is still pretty cool to see that Pensy has a strong lineage of Maxwell success of when it comes to these awards. So the Maxwell Football Award, I'm sorry, the Maxwell Award was first awarded back in 1937. And then I went to Yale's Clint Frank. How many of you guys know anything about Clint Frank? You probably don't know a whole lot about him. But I will say that Penn State has more Maxwell Award winners than every other school in the country, except for Notre Dame. Penn State and Notre Dame are tied for the most Maxwell Award winners of all time with seven each. Actually, in 1977, Ross Browner of Notre Dame won the award. Following the year, Chuck Fusina won it for Penn State. So they were not at a five right there. Penn State did pull ahead later on, adding Kerry Collins back in 1994 with the sixth winner. Larry Johnson is the most recent Penn State player to win the Maxwell Award. He did so back in that 2002 season. He became Penn State's seventh Maxwell Award winner. Notre Dame has called up since then, though. Brady Quinn took home the award in 2006, and Mateo took the award in 2012, bringing Notre Dame's total up to number seven. Alabama is starting to climb up the rankings a little bit. Devontae Smith obviously was the wide receiver who won every award last year. Uh, he was Alabama's fourth Maxwell Award winner uh, in program history, which is a little surprising considering all the success that Alabama has had. But I believe just the second Maxwell Award winner under Nick Saban. Uh, you can add Derrick Henry, running back in 2015, to that list uh, for Alabama. And Tua Tagovailoa took home the award in uh, uh, 2018. So actually, Nick Saban's got three Maxwell Award winners. I stand corrected. Just corrected myself right there. So <laughs> Alabama's picking up a little steam in the Maxwell Award winner because, you know, Alabama needs some help catching up in so many different ways. But again, Penn State looking for their first Maxwell Award winner since 2002. We just saw a wide receiver win the award last year. It typically has gone to quarterbacks, a couple running backs thrown in there. Manti Teo was kind of the, uh, the, the green, going against the green, historically speaking. But quarterbacks typically will be your favorite to win this award. That's why Jahat Dotson, even if he has a fantastic season, probably not likely that he's going to be in the final running for the Maxwell Award. As for the Bednarik Award, again, Penn State has a really strong history here. No other school has more Bednarik Award winners than Penn State. And it's what's interesting is Penn State actually has four Bednarik Awards, but only three Bednarik Award winners. Obviously, Paul Pozlesny won the award in back-to-back -back seasons in 2005 and 2006. That was followed by Dan Connor. But Paul Pozlesny is one of two players to ever win back-to-back Bednarik Awards. The other being current Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald, who actually won the first two Bednarik Awards in 1995 and 1996. LeVar Arrington was the first Penn Stater to win the Bednarik Award. He did so in 1999, again followed by Paul Pozlesny in 2005-2006. Dan Connor in 2007. Have not seen a Penn Stater win the Bednarik Award since that 2007 season. So I say that Penn State's due. 
Jaquan Brisker may be the best safety in the country. Still going to be pretty difficult uh, considering some of the defensive talent that's out there, some of the ways that this award typically goes. Uh, it's not unheard of that somebody in the secondary is going to win this award, but Jaquan Brisker is probably going to have to have a really solid season if he's going to gain any traction to bring home the Bednarik Award to Happy Valley. Time now for a quick break, and when it's my break time at work, I'm making sure I grab my nearest Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a chocolate bar, and they really are the best tasting protein bars out there. And they've got a variety of flavors. There's a little bit of something for everybody, whether you like coconut, whether you like brownie, whether you like peanut butter or salted caramel, so many different flavors to choose from. And they're always adding new and limited edition flavors, so you wanna make sure you're following them on Twitter at bar underscore built, and you get the first look at all the great new flavors that they're throwing out. Out there and you got to take advantage of them as soon as they become available because they go by so quickly you want to make sure you bookmark their website at built.com what makes built bar so great is not only are they great tasting but they're also healthy too most flavors come between 130 and 180 calories 17 or 18 grams of protein and four or five grams of sugar it all depends on which one you get so check them all out at built.com and if you order today get the raspberry mint brownie whatever you like make sure you use the promo code locked 15 and save yourself 15% off at builtbar.com. One more time, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, now is a great time to be following us on Twitter. So go onto your Twitter account and follow us at LockedOnNittany and send in your questions, send in your comments, and send in your fan theories about Penn State football because that's what every Tuesday is about. That's right, folks. Today marks the official return of our Twitter Tuesday episode of the podcast. Now that we're back to five days a week, Monday through Friday, I wanted to dedicate Tuesdays for our Twitter Tuesday. It's our chance to get your questions answered, respond to some of your comments, and they can be about Penn State, they can be about the Big Ten, college football in general, or if you just have any fun off-topic questions or comments you want to bring to the table and have me react to, I am all for it. That's what Twitter Tuesday is about. Not just about Penn State football, but just having some fun conversation. And we cannot do it without you guys. So I actually wanted to bring this first one to the table for discussion because I think it's a little bit of a fun theory about where we could see Penn State's future schedule lining up. Now, as we all know, Penn State and Virginia Tech were supposed to play a little bit of a home-and-home -home series beginning last year with a road game for Penn State. First trip ever down to Blacksburg, Virginia. Obviously, with the 2020 season being thrown so many curveballs and wrenches, we know that there was no conference play for the Big Ten. Uh, ACC limited its non-conference opponents. Uh, so Penn State, Virginia Tech were supposed to play, did not play. And as of now, there are no foreseeable plans in the future for a game to be played between these two schools. I hope that one day that that obviously changes. I would still love to see Penn State, Virginia Tech, two schools that should have played a number of times by this point in time uh, in the college football timeline, uh, just not being able to get it together. So I, I think that one day we're going to see that series revived to some degree, and I hope that it's not relatively too far in the future, but we all know the way that college football scheduling is. Dates book up really far in advance, years in advance, which is why I thought that this comment from Matt Mulia on Twitter, Mulia underscore 1975, he says, and let me know what you think about this. He says this, PSU's replacement for the Virginia Tech series will be Cal. Both schools have the same open date in September 25, 2025, and haven't scheduled their Power 5 opponent for that particular season. If you check out the schedules for P5 schools in 2025, Penn State and Cal are the only ones 
that need a P5 game with that same open date. He goes on to say this. Some other schools have the same open date, but have already scheduled their P5 opponent. Given the ties that Penn State Athletic Director Sandy Barber has to Cal, this makes total sense. Agree or disagree? And he references the awesome resource and reference guide of FBS schedules, or I'm sorry, fbschedules.com. It's one of my go-to resources anytime I'm talking about schedules. And I highly advise you to take a look at that for all of your scheduling needs, not just college football, but NFL as well. Shout out to Kevin over at fbschedules.com. Fantastic job keeping that all up to date. So I decided let's take a look at that uh, schedule situation because I think he might be on to something here. And of course, I had to take a look to see where Penn State's future schedules line up. And if you take a look at that 2025 schedule, Penn State certainly does have an opening there to be filled by some opponents. So if you take a look at the 2025 schedule, and I actually have this up on NittanyLionsWire.com as well. Uh, Penn State is scheduled to open the year against Nevada on August 30th. Uh, two weeks later, they will play a home game against Villanova, a team that they'll be playing this upcoming season as well. And then a week later, they get into Big Ten play. They've got Rutgers, Illinois, Purdue, Maryland, Minnesota, Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State all lined up. Um, just there is one bye week between the uh, Purdue game and the Maryland game. So you get October 11th as a bye week. You could schedule a game there, but I would imagine that Penn State would like to keep that in the middle of their Big Ten schedule before they get into that home stretch, which is going to feature a road game at Ohio State, a home game against Michigan, a road game at Michigan State to close out the year. Could be a tough schedule. But as for what happens early on, as he mentioned, as Matt mentioned, Penn State has a scheduling vacancy. I've noted this on NittanyLionsWire.com as well. Penn State has one non-conference scheduling vacancy to fill. And assuming that the Big Ten is sticking by that idea that you have to schedule a power conference opponent, Penn State has the opening for a power conference opponent. And obviously, as I mentioned, they have an opening in that week two of the schedule, which would be September 6, uh, 2025, and then later on in October, on October 11th. 2025. So uh, I'm going to take Matt's word for it. I'm not going to double check this Cal schedule right now in 2025, but I'm going to assume that he's accurate on that. And I do think that Sandy Barber being a former athletic director at Cal could potentially open up a door for conversation there. But I don't know if that's necessarily an automatic given. We have seen before, it's not very often that Penn State schedules a game against a Pac-12 school, although I would love to see more of it. And I think it's been a long time since Penn State has played Cal. So why not? I, th- I think it could make sense. Now, is it a home-and-home home kind of a deal? Probably not. I think it would be far more likely that Penn State would probably get the one home game out of this deal if it were to happen. Although I would love to see a home-and-home home deal. I would love to see Penn State go out to that stadium. I know Ohio State scheduled a home-and-home home series with Cal uh relatively recently i don't remember the exact years but i do also remember the uh, the video footage of the overhead shots of cal stadium heavily overflowing with ohio state of <laughs> crimson and gray there not too surprising ohio state travels really well and of course you get a chance to go out to the west coast that's a trip worth making so i do think that it would be pretty cool to see own home and home series and i would love to see more home and home deals with schools from the pac-12 uh, but I don't think this is be a home-and-home home situation. We do know that Penn State has a full non-conference schedule in 2026 with Marshall, Temple, and San Jose State. Notably, no power conference opponents there. So I don't think it's really a strict guideline that you have to schedule a power conference opponent anymore. Um, if you take a look at the 2027 schedule, Penn State's got games against Delaware and Temple on the schedule. So still one more non-conference vacancy there. But I don't think the Big Ten is really going to hold anybody to that idea 
of a power conference opponent. I think that that was a nice idea when it was implemented. It would still be great to see it enforced, but I don't think there's any way the Big Ten is going to continue on. And I think they've already relaxed on that a little bit. So I don't know what the official stance is as I'm saying this right now, but I don't think that Penn State is going to be required to schedule a power conference opponent. So as much as I am on board entirely with the idea of Penn State scheduling a game against Cal, if not just a home-and-home series, I think it's probably more unlikely than you might think. I don't think Penn State is going to be required to schedule a game against a power conference opponent. And I think if you look at Penn State's track record, if they don't have to, they probably won't. So unless they can find another power conference opponent, maybe from the East Coast or maybe in the South, that could line up a vacancy there. Or maybe even another team from the American Athletic Conference or something like that. I think it's very unlikely that you're going to see a Penn State-Cal game. Again, I would love to see it, and obviously we'll keep an eye on that because I know I'm a scheduling nerd. I think as soon as scheduling announcements are made, I'd love to see the updated schedule. So uh, when we do find out who Penn State is going to be playing on that uh, that bye week in, in 2025, Matt, you're going to get the first kudos if it is Cal. I'm just going to say I don't think you should get your hopes up if that's where you're hanging on. And speaking of not getting your hopes up, our next question that I'm going to get into in our next segment is a pretty popular one, and for the life of me, I can't totally understand it. With baseball in its second half of the season and college football in the NFL just around the corner, now is a great time to check out all the offerings from BetOnline. All you have to do is go to the website on your phone or on your desktop. It's BetOnline.ag. You sign up for a free account, and then, of course, when you make your initial deposit, make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and they're going to throw in a 50% welcome bonus on top of that first deposit. Lots of stuff to keep you entertained. They've got always updated odds and props for all the sports action and non-sports action that's out there so make sure you check them out today and see what the win total is for Penn State other teams around the Big Ten and of course get an early look at some of the lines for the some of the biggest games on college football schedule for the 2021 season once again head to the website or use your mobile device sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n bet online your online sportsbook experts Be sure to join the fun conversation over on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany and be on the lookout for our weekly Monday Facebook poll. It's not too late to chime in on that conversation, and of course we'll react to it later on this week. It is Twitter Tuesday, though, and we have one final question that comes to us from the Adam Ritter on Twitter. And he wants to know, how many times will I get incredibly angry during a game this year and hate tweet hashtag FireJamesFranklin? Well... As I've said time and time again, James Franklin's not going to get fired, so don't waste your energy. <laughs> this is not going to be a year where Penn State continues to just completely fall off the map and makes things look very ominous for the future of the program. This is going to be a decent year. may not be a great year. should be a good year. will absolutely be an above-average year. But I, I can understand where the frustrations are coming because I think as successful as James Franklin has been, there's still a good segment of fans out there who want to see Penn State take that next step. They want to see Penn State become a legitimate college football playoff contender on a more regular basis. They had a couple of close calls in recent years, under James Franklin, by the way, but not being able to get a key victory against Ohio State other than that one year in 2016, uh, not being able to uh, get over that hump 
losing a game that a lot of people feel that they shouldn't lose, i.e. The, the Minnesota game a couple years ago. Although Minnesota was really good. Let's not just completely overlook Minnesota. But that was the kind of situation where you felt like maybe Penn State should have been a little bit better. Maybe Penn State should have been the better team to come out of there with a win and keep those playoff hopes alive. Uh, last year, obviously getting off on the wrong foot against Indiana. I 100% understand the frustration with not seeing your favorite team thrive to the level that you believe that they are fully capable of doing. I think last year was inexcusable. I'm not saying that there weren't reasons for Penn State's lackluster of a 2020 season, relatively speaking. I'm just saying that I would like to see a lot more in 2021. I expect to see a lot more in 2021 because that's what the track record is for Penn State over the last five years. You're talking about a program that has been to three New Year's Six Bowl games in the previous four years before last year winning a couple of them and this is a program that has high expectations upon itself again they're not ohio state but they should be absolutely without a doubt in my mind no worse than second best in the big 10 east this season i i say that full-heartedly i understand they may finish in third place but i believe that this ha team has what it takes to be at least the second best team in the big 10 east and i don't think anything less should be acceptable now yes it is a challenging schedule. And yes, I have said time and time again, as much of a supporter and a defender of James Franklin I am, I do believe that he is not without his faults. And I will say that time and time again, as many times as needed. I get accused of being a James Franklin defender, uh, a loyalist, whatever you want to call it. But I honestly believe that he has done so much really good things, so many really good things for Penn State. And you see that in the recruiting, but now you want to see them take that next step. And the biggest criticism that a lot of people seem to have is James Franklin is incapable of getting that team to take that next step unless he has really good assistance around him. Well, guess what? I think he has really good assistance around him. I think that this is a team that is fully capable of having a really strong rebound season. Uh, and again, as far as win total is concerned, I'm not even sure I'm ready to commit to that just yet because I look at the schedule and I see games that are going to be toss-ups. The road games against Wisconsin and Iowa, I consider toss-ups. A home game against Auburn, I actually consider a little bit of a toss-up. I think it favors Penn State, but I do think that that's one game that I would throw in the toss-up category. I throw Michigan in as a toss-up. I throw Indiana in as a toss-up. And just based on what we saw last year, I can't say that a road game at Maryland is not a toss-up game at this point in time. I think by the time that Maryland game comes around, I think that it should absolutely be a game that we should not be having much hesitation predicting that Penn State victory in. I think last year was a little bit of a fluke. Historically speaking, Penn State will dominate Maryland. I still think right now, though, last year is kind of fresh in my memory. So I do have questions about James Franklin and Penn State this year. But I think that there are going to be some really good things to come out of this year. And I think James Franklin's going to get a deserve a lot of the credit for that, as he should. He is the head coach. He has recruited all of these players. This is his team. It is his coaching staff. There are no holdovers from the old Bill O'Brien era, as brief as it was. This is fully James Franklin's program now. And I want to see what he continues to do with it. I think he's doing some really good things. Last year stunk. There's no, there's no sugarcoating the 2020 season for Penn State. It absolutely stunk. And I, I very quickly round out of uh, possible excuses that I was willing to entertain for what we were seeing last year. I just think, to sum it up, it flat out stunk. So I do think that this is going to be a year where you see Penn State kind of get back to what they feel like Penn State is supposed to be. Again, I am not saying that Penn State is going to be a college football playoff contender. 
I understand that that's what you want to see. But a road game against Wisconsin, you maybe hate tweeting hashtag fire James Franklin. As illogical as that is, it's just not going to happen. So James Franklin's not going anywhere. So just deal with that if you need to. And understand that he's doing a lot of good things for this program. Now, if Penn State wins three games this year, then we've got some problems. We've got some conversations we're going to have to have. I think that is nowhere near a possibility for what we're going to see out of Penn State in 2021. That's going to do it for this Twitter Tuesday. Of course, send in your questions and comments at any time by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany, and we'll sprinkle them in throughout the week during the on the podcast. It doesn't necessarily have to be just on Tuesday, but we do want to spend more time on our Tuesday episodes. So if you get in your questions every Monday or even on Sunday, they are more than likely guaranteed to be included in this podcast. If you have a question that did not get answered in this podcast, stay tuned to us on Twitter because I'm probably going to respond to it on there as well. Maybe we'll throw out a little bit of a video supplement if we have more additional questions in the future. But that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. So thank you so much for tuning in to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. Make sure you check out today's edition of Locked On Big Ten. I'm over there with Nate Dickinson, the host of the Locked On Gophers podcast. He is hosting Locked On Big Ten every Monday through Friday. And all the different hosts from the other Big Ten shows, including yours truly, are going to be joining him throughout the week. I'm going to be with him every Tuesday. So make sure you check that out. Check out Locked On Big Ten every day for your Big Ten college football fix. But of course, Especially check it out on Tuesdays, because once you're done with Locked On Nittany Lions, you want to go over and check out Locked On Big Ten. And of course, the other big thing we've got going on right now on the Locked On Podcast Network in cooperation with our friends from Odyssey is the Ultimate Mock Draft. That's right. We did it for the NFL. Now we're doing it for the NBA, and it all started this week. It's presented by Locked On and Odyssey, and it features analysis from the GOAT of NBA drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrine, former general manager Ryan McDonough, and, of course, our locked-on NBA local experts. They're making selections. They're making trades. They're going to give you all the breakdowns of all the favorite basketball teams and players throughout this week-long special event. All you have to do to find it is search for the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, and, of course, you can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget that Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Thank you once again for checking out the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast, of course, on that awesome Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. And don't forget to catch us on Instagram and Twitch. My name is Kevin McGuire. You can catch me over on NittanyLionsWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group for continuing Penn State coverage. And I'm also a contributor to AthlonSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Send in some additional questions if you want. We'll have some fun conversation over there as well. Be sure to check out tomorrow's edition of Locked on Nittany Lions. It'll be our Big Ten Media Day preview. What I'm looking for out of Penn State around the Big Ten with some final thoughts and commentary before we get into Big Ten Media Days. Until then, have a great Tuesday, and I will talk to you all again on Wednesday.